Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. As a young adult, when I first heard that quote, which is, by the way, often wrongly attributed to Buddha, I thought it was so wise. But is anger really poison? Hello and welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today on the show, we look at the science and psychology of anger and why it's often a misunderstood emotion. It turns out that feeling angry is not only okay, but it can be a motivating force for good. But back first to this idea of anger being poison. Is it really so? I thought this meant that we should try to never be angry because anger is bad for you. And science seems to back this up. Anger has been associated with increased risk of hypertension and worse pain management. For those with mental health conditions, those who also have pathological levels of anger also have higher levels of suicidality and self-harm. Our cultural intuitions match this view of anger, too. The Internet's self-help communities are littered with quotable advice about anger, like, if another can easily anger you, it means you are off-balance within yourself. Or, anger doesn't solve anything, it builds nothing, but can destroy everything. And even, anger is your biggest enemy. Control it. These sayings make it clear that we not only fear anger, but we also condemn it as immoral, manipulative, or a sign of weak character. In fact, our beliefs about anger sneak their way into the way we hold prejudices. Our society has dismissed voices calling for social change, for example, by labeling people pathologically angry. Psychiatrist Jonathan Metzl wrote about this in his book, Protest Psychosis, which details how Black Americans protesting for civil rights in the mid to late 20th century were wrongly diagnosed with and medicated for schizophrenia. This societal-level gaslighting still exists. Even after America elected its first Black president, First Lady Michelle Obama recounted in her autobiography how she has felt reduced to angry Black woman by her husband's critics. Conversely, we praise people who don't show anger as well-bred, intelligent, sophisticated. We've upheld whole groups of people who tend to not show anger as model citizens. I myself have been one of these model minorities, a soft-spoken, frequently apologizing, high-achieving Asian-American woman. But I am feeling angry these days. 
the events that sparked my anger and the deep-rooted social problems that they expose are outside the scope of this podcast, partially because I'm not qualified to fully analyze them with the intellectual rigor that they deserve. However, as a psychologist, emotions are my bread and butter, and I now realize that my young self's understanding of one of these emotions was so very wrong. Anger is not poison. It's fuel. A closer look at the science and psychology of anger reveals why it's a misunderstood emotion and how we can use it for good. Anger is an emotion. It's a threat-activated neurophysiological arousal response, which just means that it's created when a threat triggers the brain to send out a rallying cry to the body, putting the team on high alert to defend itself. The amygdala, a brain area we share with all complex animals, starts that rallying cry. Then a cascade of brain and body events leads to adrenaline and cortisol pumping through the bloodstream, an increased heart rate, tense muscles, heightened and narrowed attention, and importantly, a facial expression that flashes like a warning sign. Notice how the definition of anger does not include acting aggressively. That's because anger is not a behavior. It's not the same as hostility, violence, or aggression. Those words describe what people do. Anger describes how people feel. Anger can activate aggressive behavior, but it doesn't always and doesn't have to. For example, you can feel mad at someone who cut you off in traffic without flipping them the finger. You can be furious about being unfairly treated at work without flipping your boss's desk. You can also hurt someone without being angry at all. People who commit sex crimes, for example, can be perfectly cool and calculated in the way that they stalk and harass their victims. This difference between anger and aggression is crucial. Anger is an evolutionarily hardwired physiological, and automatic cascade in the body. Aggression is an action exercised by a person's free will. When we recognize that, we can respect the emotion of anger even as we condemn the behavior of violence. Next, we have to understand that anger is a valid and useful emotion. In fact, all emotions are useful. They are basically big exclamation points that our brains hold up to get our attention when something is important or when a problem needs to be fixed. For example, fear warns us about danger. Grief tells us to hunker down and seek support. Joy tells us that whatever we're doing is great and that we should keep doing more of it in the future. And anger is no exception. It tells us that something isn't right. Either our safety is being threatened, injustice is being enacted, or something else requires action to ensure the survival of our body and our integrity. Now imagine a world without anger. Crime, violence, injustice, and mundane wrongs would still happen. People would still steal, assault, cheat, bully, and oppress and they can do it without a single ounce of anger. These acts benefit the perpetrators. But without anger, the victims would shrug, roll over, 
and continue to endure more and more injustice to the point of extinction. So when you feel anger, that's okay. That's just your brain doing its job of keeping you and yours safe. You can and should investigate whatever triggered your anger and use your wise mind to evaluate the facts and decide on the best actions. But whatever those turn out to be, the initial spark of anger is always allowed. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So now that we know that anger is an emotion and not a behavior, it's also good to clarify that experiencing anger is not unhealthy. Turns out that being aggressive or suppressing anger are unhealthy. Remember all the studies I mentioned showing that anger is associated with health problems? Well, when we look closely at the research, it turns out not to be so simple. For example, the studies that examine links between anger and health problems, like between anger and hypertension, tend to find that frequently behaving aggressively and habitually repressing anger are associated with hypertension and coronary heart disease. But remember how anger is an emotion, but aggression and stewing are behaviors? So what researchers are really finding is that behaving in an aggressive way and bottling up anger are linked to heart disease, not the experiencing of anger itself. On the other hand, merely experiencing anger itself and describing the experience of anger does not cause cardiovascular changes that increase disease risk. It does raise cortisol, but that's only a problem if it's prolonged and chronic. This means that you do not have to worry that being angry, simply experiencing anger, is like drinking poison. And besides, and this is a really important point number four, anger is only the tip of the iceberg. When we blame anger for health problems or any other problems, we are missing the point. In real life, anger and fear often go hand in hand. In fact, anger is often a secondary emotion that only arises when a person continues to feel unsafe. So when researchers measure whether someone is habitually angry, they are also tapping into whether they might be habitually afraid, vulnerable, sad, anxious. When scientists look at the biological consequences of anger versus other emotions side by side, it becomes clear that anxiety and sadness are what causes inflammation, not anger. So, is it really that the disabled Vietnam War veteran who lives alone has heart disease because he's often angry? Or is it that he's lonely and afraid? And I think it's really important to get that answer right, because we almost universally think of anger as a negative emotion. But if so, it's a negative emotion with a positive twist. While it is true that anger often feels unpleasant, research shows that our brains and bodies get activated almost as if we're kind of jazzed up when we're angry. So for example, when we feel anger, our brain's electrical signals show an approach 
activation, similar to when we feel positive emotions like joy. Our faces, too, betray our excitement. The orbicularis oculi are muscles under the eyes that automatically activate when we smile. And you can spot a fake smile if these muscles don't move, by the way. And it turns out that when we're angry, these muscles twitch too. That doesn't mean that anger feels joyful. It means that anger, like joy, is an approach emotion instead of a withdrawal one. It motivates us rather than make us retreat. Now that makes sense. After all, the function of anger is to help us stand our ground, defend ourselves, and seek out positive change. We can't do that if we pull back the way we do in fear or sadness. So between the approach orientation and the physiological arousal, which is the racing heart, the tense muscles, focused attention, anger makes us ready to act. And that means anger makes us ready to act for good. And this is the moral of the story. What is the verdict on anger? Is anger a destructive force of violence? No. Violence is the destructive force of violence, while anger is a motivating force of which violence is only one of many options for expressing it. Is anger a poison that ruins our health? No. It's a natural, valid emotion that responds to threats and injustice, and if expressed in a reasonable way, does not harm our health. Let's return to the wise words I shared earlier. The key is that holding on to anger is like poison, not anger itself. So how can we use anger productively? Science says that we should heed its rallying cry because it tells us something must change. It's okay to feel angry. In fact, we have a right to fully experience this emotion. Then we should communicate it clearly and let its motivating force fan our passion and guide our conscience. Today's topic was very important to me personally, so thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych. I'm also at Jade Wu PhD on Twitter. If you'd like psychology tips delivered straight to your inbox, subscribe to the Savvy Psychologist newsletter. You can also make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again for joining me, and I'll see you again next week for a happier, healthier mind. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, 
where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.